0: What, tell me, what can we talk about?
1: I have started officially studying for my history CSET exam. <laughs> Woo! I don't know if it's worth celebrating yet. It's <laughs> going to be a marathon.
0: What do you mean? What do what, what we talk about, marathon?
1: I, in my life, have been very fortunate to be a really good test taker. I, they just haven't ever given me the same anxiety that I, I know that they give to some people. Um, but in order to take a test and not be anxious, I do have to have at least a base level understanding of what the concepts are going to be. And my understanding of history is just not there yet. And, uh, deciding to take on adding a history credential to my name, uh, is going to be a lot of work. I don't know if my history experience from high school is going to hold. I feel like I've got to like listen to podcasts and read books and take practice questions and have conversations with people and... And really try to, for the first time in my life, get a strong international and national timeline,
0: mm-hmm. you know? I cannot even begin to tell you the, the more useless dates and information that, for whatever reason, stuck, but also seem to have this more, like, consistent emphasis with like history students mm-hmm. so for example it, most people that love history um or or like fancy themselves historian for whatever reason i don't know why this is and maybe it's just the way you say it but when you say the year 1066 1066 see a seemingly innocuous year right do you know what happened in 1066
1: not a clue
0: battle of hastings that's all I can tell you about 1066, <laughs> for whatever reason, is that the Battle of Hastings happened in 1066. India. Wow. And I don't know why. Like, why? Why do I know that? I, I, I don't think I will ever unknow that. Yeah. But such is the nature of a traditional history education is that there's Very that front. attempt to front load, yeah, yeah. to front load all that information and some of the stuff six um, did you watch uh, CNN 10 with your with not your class yesterday. Out of yesterday so I thought about sacrificing it in the interest of getting ready for exhibition but I was like ah, I can't show one A and then not show one B because yeah, then I'll never hear the end yeah. of it so let's just get through it quick um, the, the uh, 10 second trivia question was another one of those questions if you ever see on a history exam the words turning point and World War II there should be only one thing that comes to mind. What is it? It's the Battle of Midway in right. 1942. It's the only, It was the only thing you should think of. And that was the question. What was the? What was considered the turning point in the war in the Pacific in World War II?
1: 1942?
0: 1942, Battle of Midway. Wow. Was seen largely as the United States finally getting a foothold and beginning to push back against the Japanese fleet in the Pacific.
1: I, I have to say... I am really excited to learn more about history because the more you learn about it, the more you see it reflected in everyday life. And I'm excited to get to go through my existence making those connections. You know, and sometimes, like you said, it it, it maybe is these kind of innocuous dates, but other times I think it informs so much of what's happening today and what will happen tomorrow and beyond.
0: And at the very least, it helps for like, Trivia Nights on Tuesday at the Bar. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I I think that that actually fits in pretty nicely with what we've chosen to talk about this morning. Definitely. uh, Especially in the context of uh, something I had briefly mentioned um, earlier, and that is we've got exhibitions coming up uh, in a couple weeks. We do. The first moment for our scholars in the new school year to demonstrate their learning so far, what they have accomplished, what they have yet to accomplish, and uh, as we'll get to a little bit later, um, what that journey has looked like and, yeah. and what it will look like for the remainder of the year. I mean, it's largely, it's the first trimester. So- 12 weeks. It, yeah, it, you know, what, what, do you, what can you do in 12 weeks? What can you do of, you know, real effect and purpose um, a, as opposed to maybe the exhibition that comes in at the end of the year? Um, I would say, I've noticed so far. I'd be curious to hear what you think. Um, you know, the, our excuse me, our sophomores have gone through this already. Yeah, they know what to expect. There's no real surprises there, uh, and for the most part, my scholars have uh, been pretty receptive. Uh, they they groan and they mumble. They do their usual "Why do we have to do this?" Uh, spiel, uh, but they've they, they've kind of settled in and they're they're doing what they've got to do um what's what's the reaction been like on uh, on your end?
1: Yeah, you know i I think that the the purpose of exhibition can sometimes get muddled by the work that has to go into it, right? And if we think about the moments and the days that we have in the school year, it does seem a little counterintuitive to spend two of those weeks focused on looking backwards. I mean, there's so much ahead to be looking forward to and so much learning to still be done. But exhibition, when you think about it as all of the multiple purposes that it can serve and that it should serve, is a really effective way not only to measure scholar progress, but to connect us with our community, to connect us with each other, and to bring deeper understanding to what it is that we learned and how we learned it.
0: So we have a treat for you today because we have decided to organize this podcast as a sort of countdown and uh, Courtney and I got together and we figured out um, you know this is this is how we want to organize this we put together a top five list of things that we feel are the most important when it comes to the exhibition what are the five most important benefits if you will of the exhibition process what are our scholars getting out over the community getting out to getting out of it excuse me um, and I, I, it's just now striking on I me. Mean, we need to formally welcome our, our audience. This is, of course, the Odyssey of Learning podcast. It's one of those days. where we just got a delay. We're it's it's good. We're here. My name is Hunter, and my
1: name is Courtney. We're just,
0: we're stoked you're here. So sorry, we're kinda, uh, we're we're getting on track. Uh, we missed last week. We're back. We're all over the place, but such is life as a teacher in late October, yeah. uh, this, is, this is kind of the deal, this is, what we're, this is what we're up against.
1: But we're excited!
0: Let's So let's just get this thing started, alright? Uh, the top five, we're going to start with number five, and of course, being the resident percussionist on campus, I'm going to start each of these with a uh, practicing presentation skills.
1: let's break this thing down yes you know one of the most important aspects of exhibition is how it's delivered uh when we think about skills that that young people need to leave high school with presentation skills are among some of the highest people will be presenting in multiple different contexts and capacities for the rest of their lives and it's up to us as high school educators to provide them opportunities to build on those skills so i'm talking eye contact when you're speaking I'm talking standing up projecting your voice to the back of the room I'm talking building presentations that are captivating and interesting and contain information that's worth sharing to others so many aspects of our exhibition presentation focus on the value of building presentation skills and creating presentations that are worth listening to worth watching and uh, really allow the speaker to convey their ideas effectively and thoughtfully presentation skills rank for me uh, at number five because they're not the most important element of this process right but they are an element that is worth addressing and growing throughout the exhibition experience that's number five and now we'll break it down to number four Number four is all about how we share our learning with our peers, our colleagues and our community.
0: So important, so wildly important. And I always think about this in the context of the presentations that I did that, uh, when I was in high school and traditionally we still see, um, in high schools across the country where the formalization of your learning seems to be only directly relevant to your teacher and the other scholars in class that's just such a standard presentation format because really at the end of the day the teacher who is determining your assessment or your grades is the single-handedly most important person in the room it's almost i mean a lot of times other scholars will just check out because all right this presentation is not affecting me this is not going to have any impact on my performance in the room But what we've realized and what I think many educational institutions are starting to realize is that learning, when put in the context of the community, becomes innately more valuable. And what we do with our exhibitions is you're not just talking to your peers in class you're not just talking to your advisor of that class you are talking to your team of advisors you're going to have your math advisor your science advisor your ela advisor any other advisors on campus that you come into contact with we will attempt to all get into a room at the same time we might have our administration in during the time that you are doing a presentation and it doesn't stop there we ask you to bring your parents and your families, your friends, people that you know and care deeply about. Because what better way to underscore the importance and the value of your education than by sharing it with the most important people in your life? I n- never, when I was in high school, would my mom or dad come to a presentation. That was just, it wasn't, it wasn't done. Um, I'm sure this, the experience was the same for you.
1: Definitely. And college... Um,
0: Yeah. Oh, especially. Absolutely. Um, And what's even more is that we, we really don't put any sort of bound on that. I think what's going to be really special for our sophomores this year is that we're going to be asking them to invite their mentors to the exhibition because they're in the middle of the mentorship program right now. And what better way to get feedback on your performance in your mentorship than by having your mentor present? for your exhibition and giving them the opportunity to ask questions or to um, commend your work so far. I mean, it's just super duper important. And so I'm really excited for that opportunity that our scholars are gonna have with the exhibition. You know, in terms of a top five, certainly wouldn't put it at one and two, just because I, I, I think that there are some pretty deeper things that we're gonna be talking about in a moment, but it's always in there, top five persistently. And that's not just with exhibition, that's with everything we do um, here on campus. So that number four, pretty special one, pretty important one uh, in my eyes, which then takes us to number three, celebrating success.
1: This one is my favorite and something I've been thinking a lot about in my own life. Uh, As the year comes to a close, the calendar year, Uh, I find myself reflecting a lot on my goals that I set in January. Um, But the tone with which I'm reflecting on those goals is like kind of disappointed at the ones that I haven't accomplished yet. But what I've failed to do so far is look back at all of the amazing things I've done this year and really hold them up on center stage and celebrate them. And I think for a lot of our scholars, that is the mindset with which they approach school. What don't I know yet? What haven't I done well in yet? What's still left in this journey to you know completing the 10th grade and eventually to completing high school? And unfortunately, this mentality follows us throughout our entire lives, so much so that we end up forgetting to enjoy the present moment and reflect positively on the past. And we just view it as a means to an end that we didn't meet. And that way of thinking is so detrimental to our individual happiness and subsequently our community happiness so this one ranks at number three for me um you know very important top three skills to learn in high school to look back happily and be proud of what you've done even if it's not perfect even if it's not finished but to look back and hold something up and say you know this piece of work i'm proud of it I put effort into it, I put time into it, I revised it, I worked with people on it, and it's worth celebrating. So for me, a really important piece of our exhibition should be around taking time to pause, look back, and smile about what has happened in these 12 weeks that makes you proud of yourself. Celebrating our success, super valuable.
0: Absolutely. Not done enough. Mm-mm.
1: Which brings us to the runner-up. Number two.
0: Oh, it's tension.
1: Confronting our areas of growth.
0: Oh man, that word confront.
1: It hurts to say.
0: It's it's grinding. It is it is a block. It is just oh man, like do I have to? Sort of mentality. I think that in my experience so far with Odyssey, when I say kids hear exhibition and they start to groan and grumble, do we have to? why do we do this? I think it comes down to this because one of the most uncomfortable thing that anybody can do in their life is articulate, understand and move forward with their areas of growth, which is another way of saying areas that they're just they're not there yet. For whatever reason, the skills or the ability in that um, arena that they've identified are just not up to par. It's never fun to acknowledge your weaknesses. It's never fun. And and I would say we live in a society where you're almost told like, oh, just don't, don't, just don't talk. Try to hide it. Just push that aside, especially when it comes to like resume building, which there's something to be said for that. Obviously, if you're trying to make yourself a marketable candidate for uh, an employee position, I get that. But what we're starting to see, even with that process, is that if you can not only identify your areas of growth, but then articulate what needs to happen in order to grow, literally, there's a lot of value in that. And there's plenty of evidence online to suggest that a lot of um, employers are looking for those kinds of skills. Because let's be frank, it's. Kind of tiresome when you're hearing the same presentation over and over again the same skills the same things you could do really well like we get it we're starting to be more interested in well what are you what are you really looking to improve on and what is that improvement going to look like nevertheless that's a really hard thing to talk about
1: super vulnerable
0: is your areas of growth and you got it vulnerability is really at the heart of confronting these areas of growth so with the exhibition we'll be asking scholars to show us the work that they've done, and going back to number three, celebrating, you know, celebrate the success, what what have you been doing well here, but then getting to the heart of what the exhibition is all about and understanding what needs to happen. This journey of education is not done after your freshman year. We are tacking on to what we've already studied and what we've already learned skill-wise freshman year, and we're going to continue to do that year after year after year. I would assume that even with our senior exhibitions, when we get there, which is going to happen in a blink of an eye, I feel like uh, we're going to be asked the same questions. Yeah, you're graduating, but what's next? What, how are you going to continue to grow? This is just a never-ending process, and so real, I think that's actually that's that's an area of growth for me because that's also not the easiest thing to teach. How how do you how do you teach? How do you instruct someone to? identify their areas of growth and then come up with a plan to overcome them. So I think this is a learning process for all of us as a staff and I, that we're continuing to evolve and change uh, seemingly every day. Uh, but it's also, of course, uh, a huge benefit for our scholars because they are then getting the experience of understanding how to take the feedback that they've received, how to improve their work, why they're improving it and and what exactly is going to is going to come uh, of those uh, of those growth areas. So, really exciting stuff, but yeah, that's man, number 2 is intense. I don't know how that's going to be topped. There's just so much suspense building up to number 1. I
1: know. But
0: without further ado, the number 1 most important element of Trimester 1 Exhibitions 2019 of this year is <laughs> Getting in touch with your learning and yourself.
1: Whoa. I know.
0: Whoa. It's a big one. This is, we're getting meta now. Ooh, I know. Jeez Louise. I, I want to hear both of our perspectives on this because we didn't make this number one for, for no reason. Yeah. Not to use a double negative intentionally, but let's start with you, Courtney. Um, what does this mean to you?
1: When I think about my own high school experience, I don't remember much of the content that I learned. And I was a great student. I really feel like I learned things deeply and that I showed what I learned in assessments. But what sticks with me is the skills that I learned in high school and the lessons I learned about myself who I am, how I process information, how I can apply that information to my life, and how I've grown as an individual. And that body of knowledge has carried me so much further than the rote-memorized facts could have ever. So when we think about ending a trimester with an assessment like exhibition, our goal is not to have a scholar stand up and list the facts that they learned this year, but more to reflect on who they are, what they've done and why they've done it that way. And then, like you said, what's next, right? And through this process, it, it gives our scholars an opportunity to really get in deep touch with themselves and the ways that they learn and think best and what captivates them about what they're learning and how do they want to apply that learning to their future? And for me this ranks at number 1 because this is the the heart and soul, the reason I'm an educator, right? If we can get <laughs> graduates leaving high school knowing themselves well,
0: yeah.
1: We're going to change the world.
0: Totally. And I, I can't even begin to explain how identical my experience in high school was. I mean, and it gets at the heart of what you opened this podcast with talking about the the challenge of rote memorization versus you know kind of the more deeper understandings and skills that you can apply at any stage in your life to successfully interpret historical events right and so when i think of this getting in touch with the learning in the self i think about an element that we have of our exhibition where we ask scholars to write a letter and they could really choose um they could choose their audience. They could choose mom or dad. They could choose their friends and peers. They could choose their advisors. But really, this exhibition letter is an area for them to authentically express their growth and their understanding so far as to who they are as people, as young people, and, and where they see their trajectory, where they see themselves... Um, as they are progressing throughout their experiences at, at Odyssey. And so I really enjoy expressive writing like that. And I, I think that we, we've had them do the letter with each exhibition. but maybe this year is the first year that now that they're, you know, so far into their Odyssey experience, they're starting to understand, oh, like, this letter is not literally for the people I'm writing the letter to but for me. This letter is a reflection of my growth and my learning and where I see myself. And that self-evaluative piece, I think, is such an integral component of this exhibition. I'm super, super happy uh, that, they're, that they're doing that, that they're participating. And I'm really just, for their first letter as sophomores, I'm really eager and anxious to see um, what these letters sound like, especially compared to the ones they wrote last year as freshmen, which this time. let's be let's be honest, we're a little superficial. Um, but that's also to be expected. I wouldn't, you know, e- expect them to be these deep, fluent understandings of their learning and their experiences so far. I think that we're going to see a marked change in in the way they're appearing this year. So I'm really excited Me to too. see how it turns out. Man, what a blockbuster of a number one! I this know. Is just like so, and and. I don't think it's thought about all that much. Yeah. I think the reason why I value that as number one is because that is not a go-to thought as, whereas presentation skills are, whereas totally. community outreach is. Totally. Um, so I'm really glad that we uh, that we put that at the top of the list. But Me
1: too. It's going to be an exciting two weeks capped off with an exciting set of presentations.
0: A busy, exciting two weeks for sure. I know. And I know our scholars are feeling the crunch, but man, they step up every single time. And I'm super-duper proud of them. Um, I'm, I'm excited to work with them to just share the grind uh, as they get ready. You as and me both. As I'm sure you are.
1: Well, as, you know, historians say, the turning point <laughs> of World War II yep. happened in 1942 at the Battle of Midway. And this, my friend, is going to be the turning point of 10th at Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: your historical metaphor was on point thank you (laughs) (laughs) let's let's get out of here before we do too much damage uh my name is hunter and
1: i'm courtney see you guys bye